I'd like to share with you today about something that I think we all struggle with. We all have, whether we like it or not. And it is best described uh, with as the word uh, jaded. That we all, at times, have a very jaded perspective on something or someone in our lives. And I always thought the word jaded meant that something bad happened, uh, a circumstance of some kind, and that bad thing that's happened has caused us to look at a particular situation in the wrong way. And I think that the word jaded, it can mean that, But actually, the definition of the word means that you become tired or bored of something, and just being tired or bored of it has caused you to become jaded to that, that you look at that with a wrong perspective. It also can mean that maybe you have done or not done a certain thing for so long that that scenario has caused you to look at that thing from the wrong perspective. And we see this all the time. I remember I used to work uh, on an assembly line. And when I first got that job, I was so thankful for that job. I mean, it was exactly what I needed at the time. And it provided for my family. Uh, But over time, I'll tell you, I got very tired and bored of standing in the same place, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And it was interesting to see new people that were hired, they were brought in, they were so excited about this job. It was everything they needed. And even though this job was still everything that I needed, I had become very tired and bored of it, and I I got a wrong perspective of that job because of that. I became jaded. I remember another time in my life when I was a teenager, my sister was graduating high school, and of course she had a graduation party, and my parents uh, bought a ton of ham, just sliced lunch meat ham, because they made ham sandwiches for everybody that came over to the party. And it was a great idea. Thing is, we had so much ham left over, because they had bought so much, that for the next week, all we ate for an entire week was nothing but ham. I mean, ham for breakfast, ham for lunch, ham for dinner, you name it. We had it. It was ham. And I, one Friday night, I, I being a teenager, I was always hungry. I asked my mom, say, Mom, I'm kind of hungry. Well, she gives me the probably the most appropriate response. She said, well, why don't you have some ham? And it was at that moment that my jaded perspective on ham shined through. And I I said the first thing that came to my mind in a rather loud tone, I said, I am so sick of ham. And my sister heard me say that. Now, my sister, she didn't have a wrong perspective on the ham. She wasn't jaded to ham. To her, the ham was a beautiful thing because this was for her graduation party. This was a very special ham. This ham meant a lot, and we should all be enjoying this ham. So when I said that, she very much took that as I was tired of her, 
that I didn't want to celebrate her graduation, which that was not the case. I, I did want to celebrate her graduation. I just didn't want to do it eating ham no more, okay? I was so sick of ham. But that's where my perspective became very jaded. And I want us to look at somebody in the Bible who their perspective became very jaded. And that person is Sarah, Abraham's wife. And I really want to look at her in particular because oftentimes we only look at Abraham and we forget about Sarah. But see, it was Sarah when Abraham received this promise of a child, it was Sarah who was going to have to carry that promise for nine to ten months and then give birth to that promise. So I think that she uh, played a very significant role in all of this. And we find that at the age of 75 years old, Abraham first receives the word from the Lord that he would be the father of a great nation. And at this time, Sarah, his wife, was unable to have any children for him. And she had gotten to a point where she really was unable to have them anymore because of her age. Now, we do know that Abraham was still able to <clears throat> perform, for lack of a better word, in the bedroom, because just a few years later, uh, Sarah hooks Abraham up with her servant Hagar, and Hagar gets pregnant. So Abraham was uh, still of an age of being able to do something, so uh, go Abraham. But for Sarah... That was not the case. So you can see how uh, sort of a little one-sided uh, this was for Sarah, how she felt the weight of this promise, maybe even more so than Abraham did at the time when they first received it. Because she felt a responsibility to fulfill this promise of having a child, but knowing that she couldn't have a child and she blames herself for that. She was the one that couldn't do it, not Abraham. So you look at that and you think, yeah, I can see how Sarah maybe had a jaded perspective. And when maybe they first received this, she was happy, she was excited about this promise. But eventually she became jaded to the point of she felt so uh, this such a weakness of not being able to do this that she blames herself for this promise not being able to be fulfilled and feels the need to, uh, she takes this detour with Hagar and, and does something else. And, and, and she even says the most significant thing in that whole story with Hagar is that Sarah starts it off by telling Abraham that the Lord has caused me not to have any children. So the one who gave them this promise is the one she blames for not being able for her to do it. And I even think about uh, that sometimes in, in myself. There's this song that we sing at church. It's a very good song. I like the song. Um, but there's a line in there, and the line says, uh, I've seen cancer disappear. And I think that's a great line. Whoever wrote that has seen cancer disappear. For myself, when I sing that, I, I struggled to sing that line because... Truthfully, I have seen more people die of cancer than be healed of cancer. And I'm not trying to be negative. That's just the reality of my current situation. Uh, there's been a lot of people I've prayed for healing for, for cancer. 
And the truth, I've probably honestly forgotten about all the people God has healed from cancer, and that's my fault. But I, I remember the people who have died from cancer that I sought God for healing for, and many others did, and they have died of cancer. And when we sing that line, I've seen cancer disappear, I come at that from a very jaded perspective. I look at that from a sense of only seeing uh, these bad things that have happened over time, and I struggle to sing that line. And, and I, I relate to Sarah in that moment because Sarah was at that place too. But the thing that I have to remember is that even though maybe I haven't seen it happen as much yet, doesn't mean that God's not going to do it. Or maybe because uh, I feel weak in a particular area that maybe when I have prayed for someone before they didn't receive healing, that I'm struggling to pray for someone again, that doesn't mean God's not going to heal someone. It just means that in that particular situation, God had a different plan in mind. And we cannot let those things that happen like that prevent us from believing God from performing a miracle in someone's life because God still performs miracles. God still heals people of cancer. And there could be someone God's going to bring in your path that he wants you to pray for and pray for healing over. And you cannot let a jaded perspective keep you from doing what God has called you to do and to trust in God. And that's where Sarah was. She just felt it was all on her. It was her responsibility to do this thing. And if it didn't happen, that it was her fault. And we can't blame ourselves all the time for why things don't happen the way we, they should or we think they should or when they should. We have to continue to press in and continue to trust and believe God. And it's interesting, I think, too, that we also, we think that if we would just know how this thing that God's promised us will happen, if we would just know when it would happen, that would help us so much to believe God more. But I find that when God actually told Abraham how this would happen, he said that he, it's when God changed Sarai's name to Sarah, and God said very specifically that, Abraham, you and Sarah are going to have a child. It says that Abraham laughed. And we don't we forget about that. All we want to talk about is Sarah laughing, but Abraham actually actually laughed as well when he knew how this would happen. And then later on, when God tells Abraham when this is going to happen, that a year from now, Sarah's going to have a child through you, Sarah laughs at that. So even when they know the how and when they know the when, there was still some doubting involved because of a jaded perspective of over time seeing or not seeing things fulfilled. But here's the, honest to goodness, here's the most wonderful thing I find about this whole, whole story and the promise that God's bringing is that when God first brings a promise, it was Sarah who was unable to have children, even though Abraham could perform to some level at that point. God didn't actually bring this promise about till Abraham was 99 years old. And one of the reasons why it was so humorous at that point was because Abraham was unable to perform at that point. They found it funny because she's like, Sarah's like, look, are we both going to enjoy ourselves again? If you know what I mean? Is the Lord serious here? It's been a long time since we've both really enjoyed ourselves here a little bit in that way. 
Because Abraham, at that age, he had stopped being able to perform. And, and it's incredible and amazing to think about is that God wanted to do this thing, not just when Sarah was unable to have children, but he wanted to wait until Abraham couldn't have it either. He wanted to wait till it was physically impossible, not just for Sarah, but for Abraham. And that's when God did and fulfilled the promise. Oh my goodness, this is just something that we have got to get a hold of of what God wants to do in your life. Sometimes he's just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for that right moment, that right time where it's all done and all the glory can go to him. It's fulfilled because of him, not because you tried to fulfill it, not because you feel this, this uh, weight that you have to somehow fulfill this impossible thing. And that's what we do sometimes. We think that uh, these things that God tells us or promises us or speaks to us or when we lay hands on the sick that God's putting it on us to all of a sudden do this impossible task. Let me tell you, cancer being supernaturally healed is an impossible task with man, but very possible with God. And when you go and, and God leads you to pray for someone who's sick, Believe me, you're not doing that in your own strength. You're doing that in the strength of the Holy Spirit who fills you. He is doing that. He is fulfilling and doing the impossible. And he is just, what well, he's bringing you into the process. And that's the amazing thing, is that God was just bringing them to Abraham and Sarah into this process together to be a part of this. God wants to work through you. God wants to use you to bless people around you. But you can't carry this weight of, of, well, if it didn't happen this last time, then it, I don't know if it'll happen the next time. No, you can't think like that. God has his reasons for things. Don't let things that haven't happened or have happened jade your perspective on the reality of what God wants to do right now. And I remember uh, a time, I, I used to travel with a, a, a band, and we've been to several different types of churches. We've been to Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, uh, Charismatic, Pentecostal, United Pentecostal, you name it, we've been to that denomination. And we, see, we saw all sorts of viewpoints on things. And there was one time that a preacher had called me down to the front. And to be truthful, he was a little bit in his flesh. And I know that now. And, and I had a very bad experience. And, and uh, some things were said and a lot of hurtful things happened. And, you know, if I wasn't, if I'm not careful... See, this is what this is definitely something the enemy wants to do is to just take take what what you need, what God wants to do in your life and give you a little bit of a jaded perspective. If he can get you to buy into that, to see things from the wrong way, he's going to keep you from receiving what God has for you because I believe there's a lot of people today that you might be listening to this and, and you have had a bad experience at a church. Somebody was rude to you, somebody was mean to you. Maybe you, you were very interested in this whole thing of uh, Holy Spirit filling you, speaking to you, but then somebody did something that just really threw you off and you thought, boy, I just don't know. I don't want, really want anything to do with that. And they were, they were rude or something and it caused you to, to kind of back away from, from that. Let me tell you, that's not what God would have for you. You cannot let that those experiences keep you from moving forward in your walk with Christ because God does have more for you. He has things for you. Don't let a jaded perspective keep you from receiving what he has for you. He's got incredible things for you. He truly does. 
And that's my, that's my prayer for you today is that you will allow God to do the impossible. And I love that. And that's what I want, just want to end with uh, today on that is that when the angels came and visited Abraham and they were sitting there having a meal and, and they tell Abraham that when this promise is going to be fulfilled, Sarah laughs. And the angel says, why did she laugh? Is anything impossible for God? Nothing is impossible for God. We have to remember that. Nothing is impossible with God. Even when you have a jaded perspective, God has grace for you. God has mercy for you and wants to help you get through that. He'll help you work through that perspective. But you've got to be willing to trust him and not try to go it alone, not try to do things and make things happen on your own, but to listen to his voice, to be obedient to what he has for you and the things he has for you. That's what God would have for you today. And I just want to pray for you in that today. Father, I thank you, Lord. That God, you are good and you have good things. You have incredible things for those who love you and who are called according to your purposes, Lord. And I believe that there are people listening today that they are called according to their, your purpose, Lord. They want to fulfill your will in the earth, God. They want to lay hands on the sick and they be healed. They want to lead people to Jesus. They want to be a light at their jobs. They want to receive the promises that you have spoken to them. God, they've been waiting and praying for something, and God, they want to receive that. Lord, I pray today that, Lord, you would help them not to let a jaded perspective keep them from receiving the promise, God. Don't let it delay what you have planned for them, God. I pray, Lord, they would lay it down before you, surrender it all, and trust you. God, I pray for those who you have a calling on them to do supernatural things. Lord, I pray you'd help them to understand that you're not waiting on, the, on them to all of a sudden take on this responsibility, Lord, that you are going to do these things, God. You are going to fulfill these things. You're just asking them to be available. You're asking them, Lord, to say, here I am, use me, send me. I will have faith enough to lay hands on the sick and trust you, Jesus, to, to bring about the healing that you want to bring. Holy Spirit, that you would do these things in, in people's lives and bring these things about. And God, when, when things don't happen the way I think they should, I still trust you. I trust you no matter what, Lord. God, that's what I pray for everybody who's listening today. God, I thank you in Jesus' name, amen.